0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
1: Hey,
0: okay, one thing the game
2: needs is more people like you. You, you. You still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John
0: Lester. Baseball isn't Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball isn't boring. You know how I know I watch baseball for the entire weekend. I watch baseball uh, for the e. real, real regular season baseball. The first time we've been doing this Baseballs and Boring podcast, we had a full slate of games and we can react to them. And we'll react to them on this podcast thanks in large part to our great friends at FanDuel. Every moment matters. And there was plenty of moments that mattered over the course of the weekend, which is obviously was the kickoff of baseball. There's a lot to get to, a ton to get to. We we kicked it off with Jonathan Papelbon giving his pat pick and betting isn't boring segment on Friday. He said, go bet Jazz Chisholm and Miami Marlins, well, Jazz Chisholm hitting a home run, Miami Marlins winning, parlay, boom, sure enough, it happened. He made money. That's why you listen to PAP every single Friday. Also, then we punctuated it with a starting pitcher, a winning pitcher of a major league team getting at the podium, sitting there, and wearing the message that we are screaming from the mountaintops. Baseball isn't boring. Yep, Tanner Houck, Boston Red Sox winning pitcher. He chose to wear the Baseballs and Boring t-shirt at the podium after winning that game. So we got a lot of momentum. Baseball has a lot of momentum. Let's be real. We want to get to everything that happened. And I wanted to bring it to you in a way that was entertaining and insightful. And there's really, to me, one of the most entertaining and insightful people in our little world of baseball is Pitching Ninja, Rob Friedman. If you don't know, go to at Pitching Ninja on Twitter, on socials. Everybody knows who he is. Major League Baseball pitchers know who he is. They're constantly contacting this guy to pick his brain, to say, hey, what is that guy doing? What is this guy doing? He is one of the best pieces of baseball social media out there not even close and he's leaked into the fabric of everything that we do on every single day and there's no better way no better time to really talk to Rob than I felt like after this first wave of new pitchers new pitches new baseball all that so I wanted to talk to Rob Freeman pitching ninja to kick things off so that's exactly what we're going to do. And after you listen to Rob, we're going to talk a little bit about the season, or not the season, I guess the season, but the series, the first weekend, what What, what it was, was what when it came to the 2023 version of baseball and how that compared to the first weekend of 2022. But first, I want to give you Rob Freeman breaking down his takeaways from the first weekend. This is good stuff. Here's Rob. All right, there is absolutely nobody better to talk to after we go- have gone through the first slate of games than Rob Friedman, Pitching Ninja. Rob, what's going on?
1: Hey, man, how are you doing?
0: Oh, uh, I. You know what? I didn't think that i would I would be so excited about baseball, but <laughs> but I, I kind of am. Like, and so you know, we Rob, we so we go through all spring training and we we get jacked up for it and everything else. But I feel like, and also we had the WBC, right? That was great. That was a great springboard. But this was to actually go through the first slate of games. And I don't know if you feel this way. It was, all right, here we go. This is going to be fun.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm tired, I'll tell you that much. A lot of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well, so, okay. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, What jumped out at you for this first weekend? Like you said, you watched a lot of baseball, watched a lot of pitches, watched a lot of pitchers. um, And and a lot of these guys, you already know what they can do. But as we've talked about before, it's sort of an evolving process. And this was the latest step, 2023. So what jumped out at you?
1: You know, a a number of things. I mean, one thing is folks just adding new pitches. I was really impressed with Logan Gilbert, for example, who added a – splitter modeled after Kodai Senga's ghost fork. Um, that was cool to see. Um, watching Senga pitch today was fantastic. I mean, struggled in the first inning. It was just lightning after that with his ghost fork, which was much heralded, but it's great to see it in action. That was a lot of fun. Um, but just, just a ton of filthy pitches, and I think the pace of the game, I was curious to see how the new rules would work out. And it seems to have worked out well. I mean, I saw one uh, clock violation K and stuff, which always stinks, but hopefully those go away. But the pace of the game is really good, and I think that's what makes me tired.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you about that before we get to the, the, the pitches and some more of the pitches that have jumped out. Having gone seen this and sort of dissected it, and, and lo- I, I watched a lot of Kenley Jansen this spring, talked to Kenley a lot about the different how he's going to manage this because he was the slowest pitcher. And, and he, he had a very real strategy, and he's done all right for himself. But from your perspective, when it comes to the effectiveness of pitches, because one of the things, Rob, that we thought, hey, maybe velocity is going to go down a little bit because these guys are going to be a little tired. The the, the pace is going to be too much. Did you see any effect of it at all?
1: I I haven't seen any effect of that. And I I was worried that was one of my questions that and injuries, because, you know, people don't think about it as much, but the time between pitches is a time to recover. And that's why a lot of pitchers took a while, but haven't seen that issue. It may may crop up later in the year. Who knows? Um, But right now, everybody's managing it really well. And I think, you know, the fans hate change. But they also hate really really long games that have a lot of dead time and i think this change is going to end up being a positive despite all the gnashing of teeth you may hear from some folks
0: so when it comes to the obviously you know pitch clock no pitch clock there was a lot of notable pitches um i think i saw a 105 did i see a 105 It wasn't a real 105.
1: (laughs) You did see a 105, yes, but it was a misread. Um, Yeah, Jordan, uh, no, it was uh, Hunter Green who threw a 105.2. And I looked at it on on Baseball Savant, and the spin numbers were all wrong. I think it had no spin or something. So it was a misread, but it was believable because Hunter Green was throwing nothing but flames <laughs> that game. So people were like, "Yeah, he probably threw hundred
0: bucks." <laughs> was was it? You mentioned some of, some of the other ones. Did any of the other pitches jump out to you? And and a lot of these things sort of. We get a heads up, whether it's the end of last year, whether it's the WBC, whether it's spring training, and then boom, there it is. But anything, anybody else jump out in terms of individual pitches?
1: Uh, well, the, the, probably the filthiest individual pitch that I've seen so far this year was that Matt Brash one to Jose Ramirez that, that put him down for the count. <laughs> um, that, that is, that stuff that, you know, my Twitter account is totally made for, and it was fantastic. And Brash is filthy, And he's not necessarily a household name yet, but he will be at some point because that dude can spin a baseball and he's really good
0: so so when you see that did you did you have like you said you knew about him not a lot of people maybe knew about him know about him but they will know about him did you see that coming i mean is, is, is in other words are we seeing the evolution there's probably a group of guys which we're seeing the evolution of whether it's because they tweak something or or just you know maybe they they just added something
1: so I've been following Brash since he was in the minor leagues. I saw his stuff and said, that looks like Kerry Wood. Like, it was the nastiest stuff you'll ever see. I talked to some uh, coaches that played against him, and they said, oh, my God, this guy is the nastiest pitcher they've ever seen. I had interviewed Brash, too, um, last year, very early on. And then, so I knew it, and he struggled as a starter. And I was like, oh, crap, you know, this stinks. They put him in the bullpen, and he has been just – Dominating. So it didn't surprise me because I knew about him um, and I've been following him for a long time, but I think it's opening up some eyes among other, among casual fans.
0: You know, one of the, one of my favorite things also is to see when guys add pitches and, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they add pitches and it's like a complimentary third pitch or something like that of the, of the guys who have added pitches, was there a pitch added by a pitcher where you're like, oh, wow, well, wow, that's that's a that's a game changer for that guy?
1: Yeah, and and actually, it's two uh, Mariners who both of them I interviewed, and I was surprised because they both added splitters, but different splitters. Logan Gilbert modeled his off Kodai Senga's ghost fork, but George Kirby modeled his off Kevin Gosman's splitter, and they're both added. They both added splitters curious to see how Kirby's plays. Gilbert played really well, and it's just that little finishing touch he needed in his arsenal, Put just another pitch in people's minds that I think will springboard him into potential dominance this year. He's a nasty pitcher, and Kirby is fantastic. Another underrated guy who I don't think everybody knows, um, but I expect huge things out of him. Command way beyond his years. Like, Dude is one of the best command guys in baseball, but also can touch 99. And then adding a, a, a Gosman type splitter, in addition to his other stuff, you know, he's he's going to be a force. And then Mariners' rotation is going to be tough. Well,
0: well, as someone who's paid a lot of money to Elon University, I know exactly who George Kirby is. So yeah, there you go. There, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, um, it's interesting you mentioned the splitter. We had on Brian Bannister um of the giants and he said i think that that's the most underrated pitch there is not not enough guys throw it uh there's this myth that it's going to hurt people um what's your is this are we seeing the more of acceptance of this pitch uh
1: we definitely are and brian Bannistry is a thousand percent right i think u.s pitchers did away with splitters because there was this anecdotal evidence that it hurt people even though it really doesn't put any more stress on arms but you saw what the splitter did to the u.s lineup and to everybody in the wbc team japan had every single pitcher was throwing splitters and they and it's a dominant pitch it looks like a fastball and disappears Um, and i think you're going to see a resurgence of that you're starting to see it with these young pitchers kicking up splitters, but I think you're even going to see it passed down a little younger where everybody's going to be like, wow, you know, look what Team Japan did. I want to throw that too. So I think you're going to see a lot more.
0: Yeah. And like, like we said, I mean, the biggest thing is, hey, don't worry about it. You know, science suggests that it, it won't hurt your arm. I and mean, this is, right. this is something that, that you are going to be able to do. And where do you think along those lines, we, I was talking with Chris Martin about this today about. Like the, the Tampa model, or of, of when he, like, for instance, he talked to Charlie Morton, and when he got to Tampa, they said, Listen, this is your best pitch, throw it a lot. There it is. And and I gave the example of when Rick Porcello was, was trying to figure things out, he was a guy with a great two seamer, and they kept sort of like, Oh, no, this is a four seam league. So, I mean, you know, you know, and so, so, yeah, yeah so. I guess what I'm saying is that do you see that that more players, pitchers, teams are doing along the lines of what Tampa is doing and say, hey, listen, just throw your pitch, man. Like, don't fool around with it.
1: They should. because, um, And I've seen a few do it. I, I've talked to a lot of Rays. That's exactly their philosophy is – yeah, actually aim down the middle. Don't try, don't necessarily try to hit your spots either. If you have dominant stuff, like Tyler Glass now, for example, throw your pitch down the middle, let them try to hit it because it's a, there's a, it, there's a little bit of fallacy that if you hit your spot, you're automatically gonna get somebody out. And most often pitchers don't end up hitting their spots, especially hard throwers. And you know, it's, it's one of those things that has been drilled into your head, how important location is, but it ends up being a little less important when your stuff is filthy. So if you throw your best stuff uh, more often, you're more likely to have success and have confidence in your pitch. Like you're throwing your best pitch more often. What, what's better than that?
0: No, no, <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. And um, and I think you know the Dodgers. I remember talking to Joe Kelly about this when he visited with the Dodgers. That's what they said. Said we like you have a really good curveball. Throw your curveball. Let's go. And by the way, I don't know if you saw, because, you know, this is a Joe Kelly centric podcast, uh, a lot of times, but um, he, he, and, and obviously I, I, I thought of you right away when he told the story about staying up all night f- trying to figure out how to throw a four seam fastball. And then, boom, next thing you know, he's actually throwing a four seam fastball, which he could never do it before with a, with a 19 vertical. Um, so, they, I mean, I guess that's what pitchers do now, right? They stay up all night, and they figure out how to throw pitches.
1: Yeah, it's, you have to keep adjusting. You have to adjust to the league because they're going to adjust to you. We have so much video. Um, you can tell when someone's tipping pitches. You can have profiles that are pitches. You can set up machines to throw pitches just like that guy throws it. So, yeah, you, you do have to keep adjusting. And, the hitters, and as the hitters adjust, you need to throw another wrinkle at them. Kelly is one of those guys where I was looking at his – at his stats i said he should throw his change up more his change up mm. has a ton of swing and miss in it um and i think he is i mean he did he, he did some of that uh yesterday's game and got some swings in the
0: yeah and so the last two things is number one um you look at baseball savant you look at those numbers you look at you know whether it's spin rate whether it's vertical whatever it is what's the number or numbers that jumped out for you over the weekend
1: Um, some of Dustin May's breaking balls, you know, 3,400 RPM breaking balls. Lugo did that today, um, with some 3,400 RPM breaking balls. That stuff really gets me. And then on the low end, you have someone like Senga throwing his ghost fork with under a thousand RPMs occasionally. Mm -hmm. So you either want, hitters are used to what they're used to. So they're used to things in the middle. And if you think of it like a bell curve, you want things on either tail. You want things either absurdly high RPMs or absurdly um, low RPMs and really stay away from the middle. Same thing with movement profiles, um, like Shohei was doing. Shohei had a twenty-two a, a sweeper that broke 22 inches
2: <laughs> horizontally.
1: And, I mean, Shohei's a freak anyway. He's, a, he's amazing. And uh, it just shows you, like, he's made his pitch. Slider last year was rated the number two slider in terms of runs allowed or run value and it may be better this year. Mm, So that guy also improving and always looking at this stuff and ways to add more movement
0: to his pitches. So okay, last thing and you mentioned Brash and maybe this is the answer. There must be a guy that you're like you're you're excited to to really, really follow. And maybe not necessarily that even maybe haven't even pitched yet. I don't know. Um but is there a guy that, that has got on your radar, maybe it was because of spring training, that you're like, I, I am looking forward to seeing this guy this year?
1: Well, I mean, a, I've always been a huge Dustin May fan. I think that he's one of those guys who is kind of made in a lab just for me. Um, as far as, like, absurd movement and stuff. Um, you know, he's obviously been around for a little bit, but to watch him for a full season – is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, 100-mile, an hour velo with ridiculous breaking stuff. And if he can just harness it, he'll be, he'll be you know, lights out. And then, you know, the guys that we all know, uh, Brash is one. I think uh, George Kirby, who I, we, we just talked about, I think he's an, a very underrated pitcher. Jesus Cesardo is a very under, underrated pitcher. Um, you know, those are guys that I look for little breakouts from them. Mm. But I just love it all. Like it's all yeah.
0: fantastic. Well, I tell you what, the guy that jumped out at spring training in Oviedo of Pittsburgh. Uh huh. Yep. I mean, he. Oh, he's yeah, really good. Stuff. Yeah. So we always say we watch spring training, and there's always a guy. Like, a couple of years ago it was McClanahan. that was a, this looked different. Yeah. Another fantastic pitcher. Oh yeah. my goodness, so good. Yeah, so good. But he was Oviedo was a guy we we're like, oh wow, wow, that was something, you know. So. I mean, he's, uh, he hasn't, he's going to believe tomorrow or Monday. So we'll see, but yeah,
1: he's a guy that I do watch. I mean, he's, he's, he's got that big stuff that is always fun to watch, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 this is the, it's, I feel like every game you're opening a box of you know, chocolates and not knowing what you're going to get. And that's what I love about baseball. Every day I have no idea what I'm going to see, but I'll probably, I may see something I've never seen before pitch wise. And, that's what's so much fun
0: about the game. Uh, that's why you're the best. I appreciate it, Rob. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
2: With our fighting spirit,
1: we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: All right, honestly, honestly, I mean, that scratches right where I itch. And it does. Because we have all this newness. All this newness. And Rob is the one who is saying, hey, look, this is what you should watch. This is what happened. This is something that, that maybe you didn't notice that you should be noticing. He is the best guy to listen to when it comes to being educated heading into the season. All right. We're also going to continue to try to educate, incite, uh, inform, uh, entertain, all of that. All right. So let's let's do a little bit of recap. First off, I don't know if you know this, it's good to start off well. It's good to start off well in a baseball season. The teams that started off well, the Tampa Bay Rays, 3-0. The Minnesota Twins, 3-0. Those are the two undefeated teams. So, let's break those teams down a little bit. What exactly happened? Well, it wasn't complicated. The Rays, holy mackerel. Their starters, Shane McClanahan started things off. Then it went to Zach Eflin. And then it went to Jeffrey Springs. The Rays starters gave up one run over 17 innings. One run in 17 innings. And the, the highlight of it came on Sunday. Jeffrey Springs, the guy that the Red Sox traded uh, for Ronaldo Hernandez and Nick Sogard along in, a, in a, a trade that nobody was paying attention to. Jeffrey Springs is sort of lefty reliever who was trying to find his way with the Texas Rangers before the Red Sox deal. Jeffrey Springs, the guy who, out of nowhere, gets the four-year extension from the Rays. Jeffrey Springs pitched six innings, didn't give up a hit, and struck out 12 guys. He got nine whiffs on 17 swings on his changeup. That's how good that pitch is. So it's not complicated what the Rays did. They're rolling out the starters. They're saying, Hey, you want to beat us? You're going to have to get through our pitching. Sound familiar? It should. As for the Twins, well, the Twins didn't allow a run in the first two games against the Royals. Now you could talk about, well, is that the Rays or the, I'm sorry, if that's the Twins or that's the Royals, I don't know. But what I want you to do, and this is what we do here at Baseballs and Boring. We take it next level. We not only give you sort of, okay, this team started off strong, but we want to give you how important it is through the eyes of their own manager. Here is Rocco Beldelli, manager, with a sit-down that I did a couple days ago, talking about the importance of getting off to a good start. Rocco is always insightful, and sure enough, That's the case right here. So here's Rocco talking about getting off to a good start. Sort of eyewash, really, you look at a 162, but at the same time, I've seen examples of it sort of being a springboard and setting the tone. Am I wrong or am I right? Yeah, I think teams
2: can really do a good job of kind of catapulting themselves Um, At the beginning of the year And does it mean everything? Of course not What matters is what happens at the end of the year And where you're sitting after a full season But everyone wants the confidence And uh, everything that goes along with Starting strong uh, Playing kind of you know, kind of free baseball, just going out there and, you know, not having to, uh, you know, deal with the, the stresses. Because the alternative of, of struggling at the start kind of puts you in a different mindset. Sometimes guys can uh, use that as motivation and turn their seasons around and end up having great years. Uh, you see that a lot of the time too. But I think if you if you polled everyone and asked them what they thought about uh, the beginning of the season, I think every single person, uh, both staff and player, would say, no, I want to have a good
0: start. But you bring up a great point about, yeah, we can t- tell ourselves it's 162, but then you have the grind of, like, the, the media, the expectations, the I have to get right or if we don't get right in a hurry, like that sort of, I don't know if you had, like, any examples of that playing or managing or coaching. Well,
2: I think if you're in the game long enough, you, you see different sides of, uh, of a how a season can go. Um, I think that... You know, as long as the team is strong and stable, uh, I think teams can weather any kind of start in reality. But it does take a strong team to to come out, uh, not play their best, turn things around, have a fantastic year and then go all the way. Because we're here to we're here to go win a World Series. You know, what does the first uh, week or two of the season um, have to do with winning a World Series Well it can set a tone for the season In some ways uh, that, that's certainly the case um, But ultimately what, what everyone would like Everyone wants to have a year where uh, You know you get going You start playing good baseball early And you, you just carry it you don't, you don't see the other side of it That's rare I wouldn't say that's something that happens very often But that's really the goal And it starts on game one Do you have like any like memorable starts One way or the other Uh, in 2019 we started strong Um, and you don't play with the added stress of the alternative you start strong you play well and you ride it Um, that is not that is not really the way baseball is uh, baseball (laughs) season is meant to be played Uh, but it can happen and and it kind of lessens some burdens but truthfully Uh, in order to to win a World Series, in order to go deep in the playoffs, in order to have a club that's prepared to do that, you have to be ready to deal with anything and everything. And I think that you almost do want to see how your team responds when when things do not go your way uh, because you're going to see what they're going to do late in the year and even in October when you see how they respond to the difficult situations. You need to be prepared for everything. Um, But again, if you're going to ask me, I I would like a. Yeah, you like to win. I would love the the fast start with a lot of wins.
1: In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make
2: sure you hear it.
0: Well, his team did get off to a good start. 3-0. You can't really do any better than that. So, what does baseball look like? What does this game look like right now? Obviously, quick games. You had the Guardians, the Mariners games, just over two hours. Insanely quick games. We know this. We already know this. This is going to be quicker games. But how is this manifesting itself when it comes, or how are the new rules manifesting themselves in terms of the results? Liz, I broke some numbers down for you. You're welcome. All right. Compared to last year, 2022 first slate of games, first weekend of games. You're talking about 49 games. All right, this is 50 games this slate. So it's it's basically the same. Through through that first weekend of games last year, there was 411 runs. This year, 421 runs. So basically the same. There was a hundred. There was a hundred home runs. This year, 101 home runs. Same. Batting average. Now, this is where it starts to get a little bit different. Batting average last year, 230. Batting average this year, 245. It's creeping up. You have to say that's probably because of the lack of shifts. That's my guess anyway. But here's the biggest eye-opener. Not even close. Not even close. Stolen bases. Last year, through 49 games, 29 stolen bases total in Major League Baseball. 14 caught stealings. This year, 70 stolen bases, 70 in 14 caught stealing. So the same number of guys got caught, 14, but this year there was 70 guys successful. Last year, 29. This is the biggest difference. But it's interesting, once again, that it didn't really result in a ton more runs. But the game is changing, and we're going to see it. Teams are having a real hard time holding these base runners on, holding them down in terms of stolen bases. Also, maybe another thing that reasons why runs are down, because it was really, really good starting pitching. Here's by my count. There were 48 starting pitchers who went five innings or more and allowed two runs or less. 48. You had guys like Brito of the Yankees getting 16 swings and misses. How about Nick Lodolo of the Reds, 22 swings and misses. And by the way, Lodolo's seventh round pick, I'm sorry, seventh overall pick in the 2019 draft out of TCU. Young, the kid out of Texas, the Rangers, he was picked next, Texas Tech. He hit one of the Rangers' six home runs. The Rangers, best offense in baseball right now, in case you didn't notice. They're also red hot, red hot. They are also 3-0. I, I apologize to all the Rangers fans. I didn't lump them in with the other 3-0 teams. They are 3-0. So the, the American League, Rays, 3-0. Twins, 3-0. Rangers, 3-0. There you go. You're welcome. Rangers, holy mackerel, they're hitting the crap out of the ball. All right. Speaking of hitting the crap out of the ball, we like long home runs. There was a pretty long one here on Sunday. Giancarlo Stanton Four hundred eighty-five feet. Everyone focused on that, and rightfully so. That's that's insane. But think, look at some of these other home runs on Sunday. A guy named Shohei Atani, four hundred forty-seven foot home run. Nolan Gorman, four hundred forty-six. Randy Orserana, four thirty-six. Mike Trout, 434. Oh, Tani, do I need to tell you how good this guy is? I don't think I do. But in case in case you were wondering. In case you were wondering exactly how good Otani is, well, he also just happened to, to turn in one of the absolute best pitching performances there was. Not even close. I mean, m- double-digit strikeout, six innings, he's not letting up. He's. I, I think that he's going to be okay. I think Shohei Otani is going to be okay. So in terms of other guys hitting the ball, some notable performances. I mean, there was a ton of them. Luis Arise of the Marlins, the guy that Rich Hill proclaimed on this podcast as the best hitter that he's ever seen. He leads all hitters with nine hits. Trace Thompson only has three hits, but they're all home runs for the Dodgers. And how about this one? The, speaking of the Dodgers, Miguel Vargas, he's been up at the plate 13 times. He's walked eight. Well, that's kind of nuts. All right. So, it's been a great week of baseball. There's a ton to pick through. There's a ton to talk about. There's going to be a, a continue to be a ton to talk about. We're going to keep trying to bring it to you in, in entertaining, uh, insightful, informative fashion, as we said before, with interviews, um, with next-level stats, with whatever you want. And if you want something, let me know. At BB isn't boring. Uh, Go to the social accounts, subscribe, listen, rate, review, the whole ball of wax. And if you have any suggestions, please send them our way. Thanks to everybody for listening, for subscribing, for doing all this. Also, by the way, a damn near perfect game by the book. It's red hot. People are talking. People are talking. All right. We'll see you tomorrow.